So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favor you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Okay, I'm so excited to have Sharon Feingold because she is an internationally recognized voiceover actress as the voice of the plane train at Atlanta Hartsville Jackson International Airport. So I know you have probably heard her voice before, as well as the main brand voice for HGTV and so many other things. Um, she's just such an accomplished voice talent. So we're so happy to have her here. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being with us. Thank you for having me in for that lovely intro. Yeah. <laughs> no, Almost brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're so happy to have you. Thank you. Um, and tell us a little bit about how you even got started in voiceover. Um, I got started here in Atlanta with um, Paul Armbruster's class. Mm. I'm talking to some other OG people yeah. here. So, um, And he, it was just like so right. Mm. Like everything about the class was just right. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys kind of relate to that as voiceover mm. people. It just, I, I kind of liken it to like, you know, when people meet the right person for them, they're like, I just knew. Yeah. Of course, that could be a fantasy in many cases, but let's <laughs> yeah. just pretend the sure. one out of 100 people just knew. Uh-huh. You know, it's just that feeling like I could get married to this, you mm-hmm. know? So I started, I just loved Paul's class. And um, I was actually getting an MBA at the time uh, at Georgia wow. State. And um, I, um, I guess I just had a lot of free time because it was like a, it was an evening program. Yeah. How do you breathe in a mask? Um, <laughs> and um, so when I was done with his class, he said, you know, I think you've got, you've got some talent for this. But he gave me a B plus. <laughs> he gave me a B plus. And he's like, I think what you should do is now work one-on-one. Um, I know someone wonderful named Cher Guthrie. Oh, <laughs> love Cher. Go work with Cher. So what I loved about Cher was, you know, we worked together, but then her husband, Jimmy, yeah. was a sound designer. He did my first demo. Oh, so nice. there, like, it was just, like, I think Cher brought me back, brought me up to the A, the A grade, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I got started by taking that class and then doing a little more coaching and then kind of used my MBA 
and my background um, in sales and recruiting through learning, you know, from my mom, um, I, I just started to sort of pound the pavement at that point. I took mm -hmm. a business approach to building my voiceover career here in Atlanta. Yeah. Gosh, that's so smart. Yeah. And, and with that, now that you were pounding the pavement at that point, how did you become the voice at Atlanta Hartsfield? For the, so, for the, uh, the <laughs> airport's plane train. I keep forgetting what it's called. <laughs> right. Well, I don't, it didn't really have a name until I started doing it. And wow. I think they like gave it a little brand because huh. it never, yeah. growing up, I mean, I don't know, you I can't remember if you guys grew up here or not. Yeah, but I grew up here. Yeah. They never, it never said, welcome aboard the plane train. Right. And we didn't really call it that. We were just like, it's the train at the Atlanta airport. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it kind of, you probably don't remember what it's called because we didn't grow up with it being called anything. Yeah. It just kind of got this character in the last like maybe ten years. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you? Get how did to I be get that? the job? Yeah, I was on a flight um, somewhere. Don't remember where. Don't even remember how old I was. I guess it was like you know a few years before I came became the voice, and I think I became the voice in like. I don't know. Does anyone have access to my Wikipedia page? <laughs> that sounds so arrogant, but I know it's on there. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, somewhere around 2012, 13, 14, 15. So somewhere in that time zone, I was traveling and I was reading like, I think it was Sky Magazine. And Sky Magazine had an article about the automatic people mover system in like the nether regions of the Atlanta airport. And I was like, that's cool. And it had a name of like the guy, like the Wizard of Oz guy who handles all yeah. that stuff. And he, his name was, I'm not going to say his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, yeah, I don't know if I have permission to do that. But anyway, I reached out to him and I was like, if you guys ever like take the plane train in another direction with the voice, my apologies to Susan Bennett, who I admire so greatly. <laughs> I don't know if she knows this whole story, but, uh, you know, I said, if you ever, you know, decide to go with sort of like a young voice, conversational, like a just different sound, here's who I am. I grew up in Atlanta. My grandmother is like, grew up in Atlanta. Like we're, we're sort of an Atlanta institution and I'm a voiceover person from Atlanta. Um, and he got back to me and he said, well, we're actually going to be um, building a new train, not the not the train underneath, but we're taking the rental car center and we're moving it off site, and we're going to be building the ATL SkyTrain to take passengers to the rental car center. So he wow. actually made me the voice of that train first. Wow! And then I was just sort of like, you know, sitting there like silently, like hoping <laughs> it would dawn on him, and it did. He said, "Okay, wow. well, we're actually now building a new. I think it was the international concourse that yeah. they were redoing, yep. yeah. or it was concourse T or something new." Um, and at that point, it made sense for the the plane announcements to to be you know matching and wow. So that's how it happened. Yeah, it started yeah. with me just being on a flight and being lucky enough to figure out. I, I always call him the Wizard of Oz because it's sort of like there's this whole world that you don't know about, and yeah. somebody runs it mm -hmm. <laughs> in this underground kind of literally underground kind of way. Yeah. Um, but he and I have subsequently gotten to know each other a little bit. Like I he. I, when I first became the voice of that ATL SkyTrain, he brought me out to the construction site, wore a hard wow. hat, rode the train, and he's just the loveliest, nicest, most wonderful guy. Mm. And he left for a while, but he's back in Atlanta now, and I think he's like, excuse me, I think he's like director of operations or so. He does some, he's not that anymore, but yeah. he's still involved with the Atlanta airport. So um, I actually ran into him. Um, I was doing a story, sorry, long-winded, but I was, um, 11 Alive did a story about me. Uh -huh. um, and we, when we were filming there, he, he happened to be there. So I was like, 
oh my gosh, hi, like this Aww. is because of you. So wow. that's um that's the long story. Yeah, but the short story so is cool. I got a name and like an MBA student, I followed up. I, I love that. <laughs> that is so inspiring yeah, to anybody that's listening and yeah, to it's us. A too. great reminder too. Mm-hmm. Just I mean you never know. simple basics, you know, yeah. air quotes around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, building relationships and also just yeah. the joy in building relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. You know, this is not just somebody who gave me an amazing opportunity, but this is someone who I really treasure as a, mm-hmm. as a someone in my world now. Yeah. yeah. See, fellow introverts who are listening, <laughs> it, it pays sometimes to build those relationships. Right, exactly. Well, I know you're so well known for, for that, but you've done so many other things too in your career. What's been one of your proudest moments? Um, I think my proudest moments are when I make other people proud. Mm. You know, like when I can say to my grandmother, guess what? You know, mm. I remember telling my grandmother um, that this is not the Atlanta grandmother, but the, the other grandmother. Um, she was like my best friend. And she, um, I, I had a breakthrough. Like I landed a role on an animated series. Mm. And I could say, Grandma, turn on your TV at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning cartoons and you'll hear me. And she was sort of like, (laughs) I followed up with her about that. She was like, I don't know. Like it was anime. She was like, it's too, it's too jerky. I I can't, (laughs) but it's still like being able to tell her that being able to, you know, I I think just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what that says about me, but I guess I like to make the people that invested in me proud of me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe that's it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So you've been uh, a voiceover talent for quite some time. No doubt, like we all go through, you've had some challenging times. So can you recall one and then just share how you've got how you got through it? I think I, I always think I'm in a challenging time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's it there's not I don't have the kind of, you know, $2 million career in voiceovers that I know some people do. I'm always still pounding the pavement. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't, I even, I think in my highest highs, there's still like a constant, maybe I just am anxious. I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) or maybe I share too much, but it's always a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's always the yearning to do more, the hope that the big client doesn't go away. Um, How do I get here? What's happening with this that's going to affect me? So I almost carry the joy and the Mm -hmm. fear at the same time every day. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know? I I don't know if that – I know I think that that's actually so helpful for other people to hear because I think a lot of times when you're looking at other people's careers, you think, oh, they book this one thing and then they just haven't made – like their career is great. But I think that if you actually go into it realizing that you're always climbing a mountain. Yes. And so the more you can learn to enjoy the climb, the actually the the more satisfaction you're going to get out of your career. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, you're – you're only as good as your last gig mm-hmm. in a way, you know, and yeah. I don't mean that you don't have value beyond that, but right. um, financially it's, it's, you're signing up for kind of a different lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. there's some stress with that and yeah. there's stress with, without, with any type right. of job you would have. Right. But um, I think, you know, I don't remember how you framed the question, like a difficult time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say that I I always have a difficult time, but I think instead of thinking it for me, I haven't had a lot of moments that were difficult. Mm-hmm. I have 
every moment with a lot of different mm-hmm. um, dynamics and emotions mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Sure. Including sure. joy and including difficult. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is something that you wish that you had known? Because, I mean, even what you just shared, I feel like is so helpful for people to know before they get into voiceover. It helps set the stage and expectations. But is there something that you wish that you had known that would have maybe made things easier for you or just helped you to navigate it better? I mean, the truth is I think I was pretty set up yeah. because I come from an entrepreneurial family, because I have an MBA. Um, and I don't want to keep overshooting. I mean, yeah, MBAs are a dime a dozen now. But, it, you know, just because I was primed, fortunately primed to be in a micropreneurial, micropreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. um, it, it was just – it's just been so helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um I wish I had known AI voices were coming because <laughs> there's yeah. not going to be anything entrepreneurial I can do yeah. about that. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, I think um, I, I think if I could frame it more, what advice would I give somebody who's entering the market now, which I know was sort of another question, mm. is it's hard to unlearn certain habits, mm. you know? So, you know, our kind of OG voiceover crew, we had, you know, the grovelly voice was Gravelly voice mm-hmm. was really big and using a lot of lilt and dynamics, mm-hmm. um, and which has obviously given way to a very conversational sound, which I think I do fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for people that are entering the market now, um, it's really important to not be married to a sound, mm-hmm. but to have it come from within, mm-hmm. sort of a Meisner acting approach, right? Yeah. Like where you're living truthfully in imaginary circumstances mm-hmm. as opposed to what would I sound like if I was, you know? Right. Right. So I think listening to yourself can be um, somewhat of a mistake as opposed to mm-hmm. feeling the read. Yeah, that's so true. That's actually what um, Steve Henderson goes over a lot in his class mm-hmm. that he does with us called The Character View. Uh-huh. And that's been so transformative for so many people. Yes. So I think you're so, so right. Um, what's been one of the most impactful either lessons or skills like you already mentioned that like a lot of people need to be um, diverse in their skills. It always helps their career or resource or even just like a an app or, or something like that. What's been one of the most helpful things to you in your career? Without a doubt, my improv background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't start improv until I was at least a decade or so into my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but improv is just life. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the dialogue spots that I did early on in my career, they I did them, but it was always really kind of nerve-wracking. Like, I wasn't used to just doing three in a row in t- totally different styles. And mm-hmm. um, even conversationally, improv has allowed me mm-hmm. to let go a little bit, not be so tied to what I, you know, what my brain is telling me to do. So the, the impulsivity of improv, also the, the playground that is improv. Um, you know, I think what I, here's what I think about improv when we're kids and I have a little girl now and I watch her play, there's no monitoring, Mm. there's no rules, there's no wondering, is this the right way to play? Is this Mm. the right way to be? Like, is somebody going to judge how I move this block over here and put this block on top? And if I'm pretending to feed my baby, like, Improv allows us to go back to that very basic primary play um, without monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that really lends itself so well to voiceover, mm-hmm. especially in the more dialogue spots and animation, character voices. Um, but even in client relationships, just mm-hmm. being comfortable with being free. Mm-hmm. 
So true. Yeah, and especially in those client conversations where whether you're in the room or you're on the phone, especially when, you know, now Zoom, everything's just totally awkward. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what, what, what? Right, oh, right. You I didn't waiting. mean to, oh, uh, oh you know, yeah. sorry, the little yeah. delay, uh, delay on the uh, phone. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's always the, the awkward delay. I had that all the time. I had a client, and I was the voice of Food Network in Asia for uh-huh. a while. Mm. And my sessions with Singapore were just so awkward. Like I would crack like a little, you know, amusing right. like joke, and be like ten seconds before everyone started laughing, and I would just be like, <laughs> "Did are they? Did we? You know?" <laughs> so, um, no. Yeah. So I think. Um, I think there's something really, really nice about that. And also just permit, just permission to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now we're in an era of sort of self, self-branding and your branding is you and you are your brand. And um, I think you can build a, a unique sense of self from your experience in improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So true. That's that's my resource. <laughs> well, we always like to end on a, uh, a high note. Not like it hasn't been. Yeah, what a high are you saying? The whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> what are we transitioning from? I didn't now? want to say anything, Sharon, but uh, you know. Sorry to bring you guys down. <laughs> it's okay. We'll have you back. Maybe. I don't know. No, but whether it's a new talent who's listening to the podcast or somebody who's, you know, been around it for a long time, what encouragement would you give another voiceover talent in this, uh, in their life and in their journey? Um, if it feels as good as I can say it felt for me, like in the beginning when I said you just want to kind of get married to this, mm-hmm. it feels so right, at all costs, with everything in your being, do it. Just do it. Just do it. I know. It's so, <laughs> I don't want to end on a cliche. I love it. I think that's perfect. Make it. My grandmother, I mean, my other grandmother used to say, I made it my business to dot, dot, dot. I made it yeah. my business. How did you do it? I make it my, make it your business to do it if you are in love with it like you want to be married to it. Love that. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you guys so much. It's so nice to meet you. <laughs>